Good morning, July 4th. Welcome. It's great to see all of you. Man, I'll be honest with you. I'm a little, I'm a little surprised. I was expecting five people today. Five people. Man, and it's, isn't it sad that all those other people are going to hell and because they didn't come to church today? Man, I'm going to miss them. Ben Acre, oh, man, he was so close, so close. Man, no, I, I hope they're enjoying themselves wherever they are, but it is really good for us to remember the incredible blessings that God's given us here in these great United States of America. And let me just tell you, I know, I know we're working out trying to get freedom for everybody in America, and that's the way it should be, is to let's keep on working to get freedom opportunity out there to everyone. Don't give up on the dream that is America. It is a great thing. And God has blessed us with it. So it is good to see all of you today. I'm, I'm jacked up. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, I hadn't had anything to drink. This is all God. This is all God. I haven't started, haven't launched any fireworks yet. Anybody doing fireworks? Yeah. What, yeah, it, just what, yeah, that's like, okay. Yeah, blow something up. I know it's illegal in, in the city of Charleston, but come on. I mean, after two years of COVID, are we really concerned about what's legal anymore? Come on. Welcome to Crosstown where everything's free. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is good to see all of you. And it is good to get out there. I just saw a report on CNN that uh, America is apparently now suffering from exhaustion. Apparently, we ran out the door to get blessed and to refresh, and now they're saying we're wore out. I don't know what kind of partying's been going on, but it's only been like three weeks, you know, and, but America's already wore out. Let me just say, wherever you are in your place and your, your, your journey with God, God does want to refresh you. He really does want to bring blessings into your life. He wants you to experience a great life, just like the way he created it in the narrative. Everybody tries to figure out what is, what about Genesis? How do we understand the book of Genesis? Well, understand it this way. It is good, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. And that's what God was trying to create. That's what God was doing with this intentionality was creating a life that is good. And then when Jesus came to the earth, he told us that he came that we may have life and may have life abundantly. So it's time for us to decide to step into that, the dew of heaven, the blessings of God. That's what we mean by live, live the dew, is living in the blessings of God. And we learned about the science of dew, which, you know, it's really interesting, but the science of dew is the saturation point in the atmosphere when the temperature drops, particularly with an object in the atmosphere, when it reaches what's called dew point, all of a sudden liquid begins to form on that object because it's colder than the surrounding atmosphere. And what we learn from that is that there is always this correlation between when the blessings of God appear in your life and your relationship with God. That's why we're told in Genesis that God walked in the cool of the evening with Adam and Eve. You know, this, he, was, he walked with them at dew point. The time when, when the, because having God walk with you is the blessing of heaven. That is the dew of heaven that we're called to walk in. So we had some really good stuff there. If you were here last week, if you weren't. Okay, I understand. Not all my sermons are good. All right, nobody's good that many times, okay? Really, I'm just telling you right up front. Sometimes I'm just like totally off the wall, okay? And that's okay. Um, but last week was not off the wall. 
Last week, we talked about Legos, and I'm telling you what, it was spot on. I mean, it was really what God wanted to do. So let me ask you to go back and watch the Lego one. It really, God really spoke through, through Legos and through Star Wars, and, and it really was good. Um, so what we learned from is that God offers us a design to begin to assemble together, that we're involved in this. He gives us a design, he manufactures, he provides pieces, he provides instructions, he provides the inspiration for it, and our job is to walk with him and to follow his template and begin to put together the life that God has called us to live in. I love what, what Solomon, who, who just kind of blew it all out, okay? Remember last week we learned that he just took all the Legos and poured them out onto the table and said, I'm just going to build something. And then he ended up saying, vanity of vanities, all is vanities, because he, he didn't want to use the instructions. He just wanted a party, you know, and he started putting things together and it really didn't make sense. And then he penned this incredible proverb. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Absolutely incredible. God has a plan for blessing our lives and God provides the pieces, God provides the instructions. All we have to do is partner with him and begin assembling according to the plan and then begin to experience. As we begin to come in alignment with God, all of a sudden the blessings of God begin to appear in our life. You know, it really helped me to discover the pairing that goes on with blessings. I mean, this was really important for me personally when I was looking at it, is that God and blessings are paired together. And then there's blessings and design are paired together. And, and, and this kind of pairing, you see it in biology. You see it uh, in operation with the periodic table. You see a lot of things that happen in chemistry that involve pairing. So pairing is, is, is not a bad word. Pairing, this idea of things being brought together is not a negative. We see it in biology. We see it in all the sciences, this kind of pairing. The moon and the and the earth paired together. And so this whole idea that, that God and blessings are paired and then blessings and design are paired is that God wants to bless us, but there, there's a design for that. And then you take design and it's paired with something. It's paired with engagement. So it's not just enough to have just God. And I know local pastor says it's not enough just to have God. But, but seriously, if if just having God was enough, I, um, I would tell you that's what the Bible says, but that's it's not what the Bible says. There's this whole idea, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, pairing yourself with the wisdom of God, the insight of God, the direction of God, the plan of God, pairing it together. So God and blessings are paired. Blessings are paired with design and design is paired with engagement. That leads me to my shirt. I want to thank Casey for getting me my shirt. The reason why it's, it's such a cool shirt is because last Sunday we learned about mathematical coefficients. And you, yeah, it was, it was really cool. We learned about how coefficients can change the value of Y just by its relationship with Y. And again, look at that from last week. We talked about mathematics. But, but when you have God as your coefficient, he changes the outcome value of Y. When we pair our lives with God, it changes the, the whole equation 
of our lives. So the blessings of my life seem to always be connected and paired with God. So just to have a little fun because it's July 4th, what do I mean by pairs? Well, let's have some fun with this and we're going to play Famous Pairs. That, oh, there, and one of our contestants, there he is, Dan Piscazio. Dan Piscazio, there you are. Okay, and there we are, yes. Oh, look at this, look at, okay, I don't know what kind of sloppiness that was up here. Oh, oh, okay, Dan, where are you from? Where am I from? Yes. You really want to know? Yes. Somerville. So, uh, Italy. Italy. He, Dan is from, coming to us from Italy. Is coming that, to America. There we go. There, Dan Viscazio and Tina, where are you from? Originally Southern Maryland. Southern Maryland. Boy, man, that's a beautiful place right there now. Southern Maryland. You know? <laughs> well, it's good to have both of you here. I don't think we're going to need the microphone for you, but let me just tell you what we're going to do. I am going to read off the first name of a pair. And your job is going to be, Tina, if I get you to stand right here, and then you stand next to your one there. And okay, let's hit them real quick, see if you guys know how to. Okay. All right. I'm going to say the name of a pair, and you're going to give me the second part of the pair. Okay? So it's going to be who gets it, in, and it's all for this $10 Starbucks card. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they don't got that in Italy. Yeah, that's right. Or Maryland, that they do. Okay, so I'm going to, don't yell out. Um, any answers, please, from the crowd. All right? So this is, this is going to be good. Famous pairs. By the way, how's my hair? Your hair looks great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you do got a, wow. Boy, what a pair. <laughs> All right, here we go, everybody. Here we go, our first one. Scooby-Doo and? Shaggy. There we go. Okay, somebody keep track of the score. Can I get you guys to keep track of the score for me? Thank you very much. Okay, there we go. Thunder and? Lightning. I'm sorry, she pushed her button first. Oh, she did, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, lightning, there we go. All right. Woody and Buzz, ah. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's go to the next one. That one just rolled right off. Yes. Batman and? Robin. Okay, yes. You didn't illuminate. You didn't illuminate your, your yes. So it wasn't a real. So do I get that? Yes, you got that one. All right. Dan one. Here we go. Dan one. Okay, this should help you and the Italian crab. Okay. Mario and? What? I think you got it. Did I? Yeah. Mario and? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. What is it? What is it? I drew a blank. I'm sorry. Okay, all right. Luigi. Luigi. There you go. All right. Okay, here we go. Mashed potatoes and? Gravy. There you go. Han Solo and? Chewbacca. There you go. R2-D2 and? C-3PO. Very good. Sorry, I'm letting you down with that. Oh, man. Homes and homes and garden is what I think of. Homes and garden, that's clever. That's good. Homes and I like the garden. Okay. Okay, you're both Watson. 
Holmes and Watson. Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. Bert and I'm okay. I don't know. Ernie. Okay. We'll give you that one. Macaroni and she got that cheese. There we go. Romeo and Juliet. Look at the car. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna give it to the young lady. Because I'm, fr I'm from that generation. We, we, we favor the ladies, all right? I'm just sorry. Okay, bacon and... Okay, yeah. Okay, dumb and... Dumber. The, wow, he's, he's going... Okay, get ready on this one. You'll get it. Beavis and... Butthead. There you go. All right. Ken and... Barbie. Barbie, he had that one there. Okay, now here's one. This is for the Christian crowd. This is how we sort people out. Rum and... Coke. Rum and Coke, baby. Don't you act like you don't know. I, I, we I, know you drink rum and Coke out I, there. I, I couldn't say it. Okay. Latitude and... Longitude. All right, and here's another one. Last one. Simon and... Oh, oh, she had a, she had a first. Go ahead. What's, uh, who's our winner out there, Deanna? Uh, it's Tina 8 and Dan 7. Uh, yeah, there uh, we go. Uh, there we go. Let's, let's give it up for our contestants. We'll do coffee. Yeah, thank, there you go. Thank you so much. Welcome to America. <laughs> oh, man. So what did we learn from all that? We can remember pairings. They're not unnatural. We recognize things when they're put together. We recognize things that go together that are good for each other. Okay, as a parent of, of daughters, I, I all of a sudden know when Dawn brings home, I won't mention his name, when she brought that one boy home, I realize this is a bad pairing. Okay, I know this is not going in the direction that it should go. We know that some things that we pair ourselves with bring us closer to God. And we also know that there are some things that we pair ourselves that, that draw us away from our relationship with God. So in the Bible, there is a famous pair. And I, I love this pair. It's Jacob and Esau. And, and, and now these two brothers are twins. I mean, they're... They're literally twins. From the very beginning, these two boys have been battling on who's going to get the blessings of their father, okay? And, and we're gonna see that this is a historical story, but yet it has some personal implications uh, allegorically for our lives. It does speak something about pairing in our personal lives. From the very beginning, Jacob grabs Esau's heel on the way out of the womb. I don't know. I mean, that, that sounds like a, you know, I, I might have, if I'm a mom in that situation, I might have wanted sedating. You know, I mean, that's, I might have opted for the C-section if I had known that these two kids were going to fight on their way to being delivered. But it's interesting that these, these two brothers will begin to battle each other for this concept of being blessed, and what we're going to see is allegorically that they represent sometimes inside of us the battle on how we're going to achieve success in our life, blessings in our lives, how we're going to reach our hand up. 
and, and try to grab a hold of the best things in life and how we go about it. So Esau is the firstborn. So he has a, um, a default mentality. Raise your hand if you're a firstborn here. If you're a firstborn child, okay, yeah. Firstborns have a different mentality. Um, there, there is something about being, I'm a middle child, so my job was to get, let, get everybody to get along with each other. I was the ambassador of the family, but the firstborn, there, there's some default. I mean, in my family, my brother is John Joseph Rienzo uh, third. okay? So, I mean, it was just, there was this built-in default that he was the oldest. He was the, the heir apparent to the family. So Esau is the, is the one that's first born and he thinks that he can just go about life and everything good should come his way just because he's the oldest. He just figures that that's how life is going to go, that he doesn't have to work for anything. He doesn't have to strive for everything. He's just entitled to get everything because he's the oldest. And because of this, Esau doesn't value or protect the blessing of God. And that's what we're gonna learn from this, this pairing here. This is what we're gonna learn from Esau on how Esau doesn't value or protect what God is offering him. Let me read you a story that typifies this. And again, let this be an allegory that speaks into your own life. Once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted. Therefore, his name was called Edom, meaning red. Now, let me just say, this is very interesting, is that what you tend to sell out to to give you blessings in your life will end up naming you, okay? It really is interesting. What you decide that you're going to walk away from God for, walk away from the blessings of God for, and decide that you want that bliss, it will end up defining who you are as a person. So Esau is asking for uh, some soup. He's hungry. Must have been some good soup. So Jacob says, sell me your birthright now. Isn't that crazy? Jacob is thinking, I mean, he's, he's working a deal all the time in his head. So Jacob says, sell me your birthright now. And Esau said, I am about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? And Jacob said, swear it to me now. So he swore to him and he sold his birthright to Jacob. And then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew. And he ate and he drank and he rose and he went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Okay, we talked about bliss. Bliss is that instantaneous feeling that we get that when we, we, we wanna feel good about ourselves. We, wanna, we just wanna have a, a good feeling in our lives. We just, you know, I had surgery this week on my face and, and it was nothing major, just a couple cuts here and there, but on the way home, it was really hurting bad. I mean, it was like screaming at me, all the Novocaine, you know, kind of off. And, and I'm telling you what, I, no lie, I'm just telling you straight up. 
between my house, I mean, the doctor's office and getting to my house, I was just thinking, how can I find drugs in the city of Charleston, okay? And I know I should have called some of you, but I, I was just thinking to myself, how could I find drugs because I am really hating this moment that I'm, I'm in. And a lot of us find ourselves in a place where we don't like where we're at, whether it's our marriage, whether it's our job, whether it's a cultural issue, whatever it may be. And we will always be challenged with, on that ride home, about what are we willing to exchange our integrity, our character, our relationship with God for, to just have a good feeling. See, and, and that's where Jacob, that's where Esau is. He despises his birthright, and, and, and I'm not gonna go deep into what that means, but he, he despises his right of way. You know, have you ever been driving and somebody has the right of way and, and, and they just don't take the right of way and, and you're kind of like, you're slowing down. It's like, come on, man, you got the right of way. You're making the right hand turn at the intersection. You guys know these rules. It's like, you got the right hand turn. I'm in the middle of the intersection waiting for you to make your right hand turn. Don't wave me on. Just, just take the turn. Take the right of way. And so God has given Esau a right of way, to, and it's called birthright. But Esau decides, I'm willing to trade away my right away with God to get it right away in my life on my terms, okay? So he trades the right away of God for the getting it right away in his life at that particular moment. See, Esau gets sloppy with God. He begins making small trade-offs. Someplace in his head, he's thinking, oh, yeah, I gave up the birthright, but I still can get the blessings. You know, when Pop's about to die, I mean, that's how they did it back then, and maybe even in Italy, that's how it is. But, you know, it's like, uh, when Pop's about to die, he's gonna bless us, and I'll get, I'll get my birthright and my blessings back then from Pop. So for some reason, he thinks, okay, I can get right with my dad, I can get the blessings another way. But he gets a little sloppy with God. He begins to make small trade-offs. Jacob, on the other hand, is always stress, uh, strategizing about the blessings of his father, the blessings of God in his life. I mean, he is, he is just like on it. And though some of his methodology is underhanded, the lesson that we're going to learn is that Jacob is always thinking about the blessings of God and not leaving it to chance not leaving it to, you know, anything else in his life. He's like, no, I have got to make sure I, my temperature and God's temperature is the right temperature so that the dew can appear. He's being very strategic in, his, in the way that he's living his life on this issue of blessings. Now, he gets really crazy, and, and some of these Bible stories are just amazing, but he actually dresses up like his brother and tricks his blind dad into giving him the blessings. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of crazy, huh? But he actually, is, is Esau was kind of ruddy and big and, you know, a big hunter kind of guy who likes lentil stew. And he just, you know, uh, so he always had this odor about him, this feel, this roughness of skin and all that. Um, so, so Jacob dresses up like his dad, rubs some 
dead deer on his body and smells terrible and walks in. His dad's blind and feels the, the, the sheep hair that he put on his arm. I mean, he really went all out. And I know it's, 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 if we look at that one particular part, it's, it's a terrible part of the story. I mean, it really is a terrible part of the story. I mean, if you take some Bible stories and you isolate them too much, I mean, I mean everybody dying on planet Earth in a flood is a terrible part of the story. Okay, but when you step back from the story and begin to look about the idea of redemption, concept of responsibility and character and things like that, okay, that story, I get it. It makes kind of sense here. It's the same way with this story of Esau and Jacob. What we're seeing from Jacob is his tenacity, his initiative to be in the right place with his father to receive the blessings of his father. And the way that this story spoke to me was the pairing that goes on inside of me. There are times when I am willing to trade away the blessings of God for momentary bliss. Inside of me, just like these two boys that were being born, inside of me there is the wrestling of the, two, of the twins. There's an Esau in me that wants the stew right now. I'm willing to trade away my rights with God for the sake of having something right now. Have you ever done that before? I think you might have. You might have woken up to somebody the next morning and said, gosh, I had too much rum and there you go. Okay, have you ever, have you ever made a decision, business decision or anything where it's like, ah, uh, I, I, I traded away the God component for this just so that I could experience satisfaction now. There are times when I'm willing to say, if God wants it to happen, he'll make it happen. Otherwise, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it my way. Or there are times when I haven't protected my relationship with God. Or there are times when I get angry because someone um, gets what I want. So therefore, I'm just like, well, I'm just, you know. L let's just be honest. One perfect example is a credit card. We all know that the Bible is very clear about running up debt, okay? Particularly on a credit card, okay? We understand the mortgage concept and we understand some of those other loan things. But for most of us, credit cards are just bliss. They are instantaneous in the moment. I don't wanna think about it. I wanna go get it and I wanna get it now and I'll pay for it later. That's, that's exactly what we do with God. And then you know the credit. I mean, oh, has anybody else fallen for that 12 months uh, no interest uh, loan? And uh, then afterwards, then all the interest is added onto it that if you pay it off, you're free. And if you don't pay it off, you all of a sudden get, a, anybody else fallen for that like five times in their life, like every time I do? Yes, oh, we'll pay that off in a year. And they're just chuckling. <laughs> Esau, you're not going to pay that off. I know you, Esau. You're going to want more soup. You know, you're, you're going to trade away. And then, you know, Esau didn't live the pairing. He didn't see the connection. God, blessings. Blessings, design. Design, engagement. See, someplace in there, some of those pairs got broken up for Esau. He just came to the point, 
Now, bliss. That was his pairing. Now, bliss. And how many of our lives have gotten in trouble because of the now bliss pairing? Jacob sought the birthright. Jacob sought the blessings of, of God, the blessings of his father. So how does this apply to us? Well, the apostle Paul talks about Esau and Jacob in us. And the reason why I'm gonna read this to you is because maybe you've been thinking less of yourself because you have struggles inside of you. You know, people are always telling me, Pastor, you're so courageous talking about your weaknesses in front of people. How do you dare do that? Um, I, I'm not doing anything extraordinary. I'm just admitting to the Jacob and Esau that all of us have. I know that you have it also. But the Apostle Paul begins to talk about this. And, and so if you're ashamed, God wants you to realize he knows your struggle. It's real. It's a real pairing. And that there is, there is hope, there is life in the middle of this struggling of things. So listen to Paul talk about himself, this Apostle. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do good or right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and giving, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Okay, you see this pairing that's going on inside of the, the apostle Paul. I'm talking raising dead people Paul. I'm talking about writing two-thirds of the New Testament Paul is being honest about Jacob and Esau in his soul. He says, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? And then with the very same heart, he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's like he talks about this perilous pairing of Esau and Jacob fighting inside of us. But did you discover another pairing? He talks about there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Ah, a new pairing emerges. A new opportunity emerges for each and every one of us. We don't have to just be stuck in the Jacob-Esau battle, but rather we can be paired with no condemnation in relationship with God through Christ. And just like you and I, Paul wants the blessings of God in his life, but he feels the two brothers struggling in the womb of his soul. He feels the urge to compromise, to give in to bliss and to go the easy way but yet he feels the urge of the promise of God, the love of God, the compassion of God, calling him to walk with the spirit of God. See, the pairing is real. And today God is challenging us about our pairings. What have we paired ourselves with in life? I mean, it really might come down to relationships. It may come down to ideologies. What are we pairing ourselves with? 
You know, we, we, we went through a tumultuous election period about, was, was it a year ago or whatever? It just, it's kind of like, I think everybody wants to kind of like forget that period of time. That was this year. Dang. Thank God for, for his love. But, but that whole tumultuous thing, you know, all of a sudden, I think on, regardless of who you were voting for, you all of a sudden realized that the pairings weren't really clear. It's like, I don't want to vote for that guy and... I don't want to vote for that guy. It was kind of like, but I'll vote for that guy because I really don't want to vote for this guy. What was it? America was forced to, to pair itself to stuff that we don't want to be paired with. And I think God is really challenging us to say, okay, what have you paired yourself with? What ideologies? What thoughts? What relationships? Um, but I love it is because we have the right of way through Christ to the blessings of God. We have already been given a birthright. We don't have to fight somebody else for this birthright. You see, the right of way has been cleared through God, through his son, Jesus. And when we pair ourselves with Christ, we are pairing ourselves to the right of way of God. See, this, this comes down to Jesus, doesn't it? There's no other name under heaven by which a man or a woman can be saved. What is that saying? There is no other pairing. God's not saying, hey, all those people are going to hell and all those people are going to hell and all those people are going to hell. He's like, no, no, you, you know, you want to worship that? That's fine. You want to do that? Okay, cool. But God's being very clear. Okay, let them do what they're doing and they're going to do what they're going to do. They're going to do what they're going to do. But let me be very clear that the blessings of heaven are paired to your pairing to Christ. Jesus is paired to the Father, and we are paired to the Father as a result of our connection with Christ. It's very clear. And it's because of our relationship with Christ. And so you need to ask yourselves, and maybe you've been like, I really want the blessings of God in my life. Well, then you gotta get the first pairing right. You gotta be paired with Christ. There's no other name under heaven by which you can be paired with that the blessings, the love, and, and, uh, and the opportunity to go before the Heavenly Father occurs except for being paired to Christ. See, Jesus says, our Father who art in heaven. He's already talking in the language of what? Pairing. I love what Paul said in Ephesians 1.11. He says, in Christ, listen to the pairing language. In him, we have obtained an inheritance. Oh, in him, we're connected to him. Now in him is connected to an inheritance and a promise. See, everything's coupled together, just like those Legos we put together. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you heard this, the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, we're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. I mean, it's absolutely amazing is that when we are paired with God, when we are paired in relationship with our Heavenly Father through Christ, the, the promises of God in our life are yes and amen. So today, as we live in freedom, we need to check our pairings. See, that's what's difficult about America. That's what, is that, you know, 
you can do anything, okay? And we may say, well, that's the American way. Okay, cool, all right. You, you can do everything. But the, what it's gonna require for us as followers of Christ is to decide, what are we going to pair ourselves with? Because we can pair ourselves with just about anything on this planet. It's all being offered to us. So let me ask you a couple questions. Am I paired with God through Christ? Or do you have some other plan on how you're gonna get your birthright back while you enjoy your soup? Am I walking in the design of God? Am I engaging the design of God? Man, that's, that's a serious thing. Am I letting Esau have his way or am I intentionally living life like Jacob? Have we gotten sloppy with God? Oh, you can have your soup. Oh, he's gonna bless you too. You can enjoy your soup. He wants you to have a full belly. And I, no, it's not what God has offered us through Christ. Or maybe this, what is your bowl of soup? What is your bowl of soup? The last word that we have about Esau in the Bible, this is the last word spoken about Esau. Hebrews 12, 16. See that no one is sexually immoral or godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. He's, the last thing that we're told about Esau is what he sold his soul for. We're told that he's this godless, immoral individual. It's like, well, that's harsh. No, that was his bowl of soup. Your bowl of soup names you. So let me encourage you. Let me challenge you. Me and Susan were, uh, had a little argument. It was a good argument this morning while we're getting ready. And uh, the argument was, should Americans sing the song, God Bless America? Okay? Now I tend to be on the prophet side of things and she tends to be on the more pastoral side of things. And I was like, no, I'd, I'm not singing that song, God Bless America. And it's like, why? Wouldn't I play? It's because America has picked its bowl of soup and I am not going to ask God to bless that bowl of soup, okay? I know how things are linked together. Stand beside her and guide her to the light, to the night with the light from above. That's great. If we're going to engage it, if we're not going to engage the light, if we're not going to walk in the light as he is in the light, then it's just a sloppy song. You know, we most of us sing it. We want our bowl of soup and we want God too. I get it. It's just not how it works though. Susan did convince me though, that every generation should pray that God would stand beside us. So she kind of won the argument. So if you sing that song today, great, it's awesome. But I think you got my point. I think you realize that God is challenging us. America, he's challenging us as individuals. What philosophies, what ideologies, what habits, what blisses, 
What relationships are we pairing ourselves with? Because it will define us. God gave his son so that you and I can be blessed. God gave us his spirit so that we could walk in those blessings. And I promise you this, if we'll stop trading it away for a bowl of soup, God's glory will fill the church and fill his people and we will experience incredible blessings in our lives. Let me encourage you. God's, God wants to do great things in you. God wants to do wonderful, significant, life-changing, meaningful things in your life. But it's gonna take us to put down our spoon and begin to walk paired with Christ. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you for this country. I thank you for this thing we call liberty. But Lord God, today you are reminding us of our responsibility to our liberty. You are pairing our lives to your truth. Lord God, you want the best for us. I think you, you'd want to bless America. But I know that you won't do it against your own word. So Father, today, for those of us who have let Esau win most of the day, most of the week of our lives, we ask you to forgive us just like the Apostle Paul. We've seen the wretchedness that we've made out of our lives, just like he did. But we have confidence that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And today we receive your forgiveness. We seek your wisdom, your light from above to guide us to direct us, that we may walk in it. So Father God, we put down our bowl, our, our spoons, and we return to you today. Today, we reaffirm our pairing that Jesus Christ is son of the living God, that he died on the cross for our sins on the third day, he rose again and ascended into heaven. And there he sits at the right hand of the Father until he comes again in glory to judge the living and the dead. Today, God, we once again join with Christ. Let me invite you to come to the table of Christ to be joined together with him in faith.